Welcome to Postscript. I'm Beth Capello, and I'm a first-time viewer of All Creatures Great and Small. And I'm Christina Ziders. I'm a lover of All Creatures Great and Small, and I am re-watching the series for this brand new podcast. Woohoo! It's going to be super fun. I'm already having a ton of fun. I know! So a little bit of background of what we're going to do for this podcast. We're going to talk about all things All Creatures Great and Small. Every episode of ours, we will break down each episode of the seasons. So let's start with season one, episode one. Christina, do you want to give us a little summary? The pressure is on. (laughs) The Dales are super cute and we're in for a wild ride. So our opening scene is James' dreamboat running through Glasgow with his dog in 1937. He... Comes home from his run, intercepts the mail, finds out there's he didn't get a job that he interviewed for. And his mom's kind of like, you should give up on your dreams. <laughs> Stop wanting to be a vet. Like, it's over. Right. And his dad's like, don't do it yet. I don't want you to work on the docks with me. Maybe he just doesn't like being with his son that much, but I don't think that's it. Um, so as his dad is saying, like, don't give up, this like envelope flies through the door. The postman forgot an envelope, and it is an invitation to interview in Derby with um, Siegfried Farnan, who you all know now that you've watched the episode. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> so he's optimistic. He said they wouldn't invite me for an interview unless they were serious, like all the way to Gla- um, I mean, all the way to Derby from Glasgow. So he gets on a train. Uh, this is when we see his mother actually does want him to succeed. She doesn't mm-hmm. want him to give up on his dreams. And, uh, yeah, so he gets to Derby. He gets on a bus. We see all this beautiful scenery. And oh, my gosh, it's gorgeous. Yeah, it's so green. Like, I, I want to go and see if it's really that green, but I have a feeling it's really that green. <laughs> um, so he's That's on awesome. the bus. There's a very short meet-cute with Helen. And the driver of the bus says, Derby. And so he thinks this is the bus stop to get off for Derby. He gets off the bus. And it is not the bus stop. It is not the bus it stop. It is the middle of nowhere. I know. <laughs> so he asks a passerby, hey, when's the next bus for Derby? And he's like, you're on your own. And yeah, like, until the morning. Off. It's not until morning. <laughs> Which is very interesting because in the direction, like the guy is driving and or riding, I guess, to Derby. Right. So like, and I didn't hey, do you need a ride? <laughs> No, you're just sorry. sorry bus comes tomorrow. Good luck. And <laughs> then, and then it starts to rain. Of course, because the disappointment has to keep going. So um, James, determined to get to this dang interview, starts walking in the direction of Derby. So he's following. He's following this guy. He follows the guy. The um, he arrives in Derby very late, and Mrs. Hall answers the door. And says, I almost gave up on you and invites him in. Um, says, I'll get you some tea. We're introduced to Jess the dog, which is a recurring character in this series, which is lovely. I love Jess. Jess immediately loves James, which I, is, hello. This means he's a good man. I mean, you have to trust your dog. Like, right. I have dogs. You have dogs. I right. just, when my dog, a little bit of teeth towards somebody, right. I'm like, is mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. This person might Skeptical. be a little shady. Yeah, but when, when they cozy right up and give them love and ask for right, pets, like immediately. I'm like, you're a good person. Yep. We can talk to you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we'll continue to interview you. <laughs> 
So uh, Mrs. Hall goes off to make the tea, and this is when Siegfried comes in, and we're introduced to Siegfried. He is in a hurry. He has a whole list of things to do. He's just asking for a pencil. So James very, like, quickly pulls out a pencil and hands it to him. He crosses something off the list and then tosses the pencil away. So uh, this is our first impression. (laughs) Yes. This is our first impression of Siegfried. He goes, who are you? Siegfried says, who are you to James? And James says, I'm here for the interview. And this is when Mrs. Hall comes back. And she's like, yes, he's here for the interview. And it's very clear that Siegfried did not send for James. Mrs. Hall sent for James. So they have a little aside, and she convinces Siegfried to give James, uh, James a chance. Siegfried says, all right, well, let's get to the interview. Come on, let's go. And so this is right in the car. Right right to uh, visits. Mm-hmm. So immediately they get in the car. It's rural roads. So it's very potholy and bumpy and um Siegfried kind of introduces him to the animals of the dales and we see a little bit of character too he asks James why he got into veterinary care and um James says he just loves the animals and Siegfried says animals are the easy part people are all the bother so (laughs) I believe that (laughs) so uh we we arrive at the first part of his interview there is a horse that has i forget what the term is gone off its hoof or something gone wrong in the hoof i, I, I can't remember it. the exact phrase but anyways this, this horse is having trouble walking so <laughs> uh farnan just kind of looks at james like well are you going to diagnose this horse and mm-hmm. james is like oh this is the interview and he's dressed to the nines he's in his interview clothes he's not in farm worker clothes <clears throat> and um he goes, all right, and he takes off his nice nice coat. He steps into the muck <laughs> in his nice shoes, and he walks <laughs> over to this horse and, like, gets down to examine this horse, and the horse just kicks him right over in his interview clothes into the muck. <laughs> so James is just determined because this is his, he's not going to blow it. He's going to shoot a shot. This is his interview. This is it. So he stands back up, and he looks at the horse again. The horse knocks him over again, and this is when— um, the horse's owner and Siegfried come out and actually help him instead of just like watching and being amused. So um, Siegfried forces James to do the whole diagnostic himself and he does it well. Mm-hmm. He diagnoses the horse. He Siegfried even tries to hand him the wrong tool to like pop this cyst or whatever's on the horse's hoof. And he's like, no, I need the knife. He like sails through it. Just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's basically the end of interview uh, one, part part, part one. one. Part one, you can Yes, <laughs> interview part one. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> Siegfried kind of razzle-dazzles. Uh, he puts uh, iodine to— and Turpentine. And then turpentine on top, and it makes this, like, purple air. And the farmer, Mr. Sharp, is really impressed, and he charges him 10 bob, I think, was the cost of the visit. <laughs> And he's just like, oh, okay. And he pays the man. Um, but James is very happy. He passed interview one. He thinks, mm-hmm. this is it. I'm good. Now he gets to drive the car. So now, yes, Siegfried tosses the keys to him and says, it's time for you to drive. <laughs> Brakes don't work. Right. We find <laughs> out that the, they, took, they took the beat up car. Yes. And the brakes don't work. And so as he's going up the hill, he's saying, you have to have faith in yourself. You have to go faster. And... Uh, James freaks out because the brakes don't work. He hits the. He finally gets the brakes to work, and then they slow way down, 
and then they crawl up the other side of the hill. Yep. So that was a. Uh, that was interesting, but we got a lot of scenery. Like, we got to see how beautiful it is in this whole process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, they go into town and they go to the pub. And this is when we get to see kind of what Farnan's like with all of the mm-hmm. farmers in town. He's trying to separate his business life from his personal life and, like, asking them to talk to him during business hours, but he obviously cares too much about these animals and the people who own the animals and the farmers. So he ends up going to one of the um, town people's farms to look at, was it a pig? I can't remember exactly what it was. And um, there's so many people trying to ask him questions. So he kind of passes the buck off to James and says, well, why don't you ask my new veterinary assistant? And James, this is when James finds out he has the job. Woohoo! He gets the job! <laughs> so he's thrilled. And uh, Four quid a week. Uh, yep, four quid a week. Four quid a week. And real quick. Yeah. I did find out what four quid a week was, which is um, four pounds, essentially, in British money. Right. And um, I did what it would calculate to today. Which would be around 300 303 pounds a week. Okay. Today is what he would be making. So around 1,200 pounds a month. Right. And then in American money with U.S. dollars, it would be around $1,400 a month. Okay. Not too bad. So not because bad. Because also full room and board. Yeah. Free room and so, board. So not too bad. It would be weird to live with your boss. Uh, nowadays, yes. I guess but. back then it's a little more normal. But okay. <laughs> we can... We can figure it out. But so, okay. Anyway, so we're, he leaves them here with these townspeople, right? And they kind of goad him into having some of Mr. Sharp's brew uh, by saying, oh, no, this isn't for city folk. Basically, it'll put hair on your chest. Like, it's real mm-hmm. strong. And James is goaded into it. He's He wants to be accepted by wants the townspeople. He wants to prove that he's like, he can do it. He can make it in this <laughs> little town. I'll just have one. So he ends up having a brew and then another brew, apparently, because he had two. He admits mm-hmm. that he had two. And he ends up basically stumbling back to um, the house, well, the, the vet office. And uh, Mrs. Hall finds him in the animal shed. <laughs> Which is Hence. just like uh, it's 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 bad juju all around. Like, <laughs> something's you going to go wrong. Immediately knew something was going wrong. I personally was like, yes, that is that is where I would hang out if I were a little bit drunk. I would be like, let's go pet the cats. I love the cats. Let's pet some kitty. That cats. makes sense. So I mean, I felt a kinship with him because at any party, if I'm a little bit drunk, that's where I am. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, Mrs. Hall finds him, and she says, go straight to bed because Farnan's going to be angry mm-hmm. if he finds you just completely off I your mean, rock or he, he drunk. he just got the job. Right. He literally just got hired. And now he's drunk or soused. <laughs> soused. <yes>. High-eyed. <laughs> so um, he, he goes to bed, and the next morning he is not at breakfast, and Siegfried's like, where is James? And she's like, oh, he must be so tired. He traveled so long yesterday. And she goes down the hall and thumps with a broomstick on the ceiling to wake James up. He falls out of bed. (laughs) Typical. You know, it's like full morning. The sun's coming in. He goes, oh, my gosh, I have to get dressed. So he, like, rushes down, and he's very clearly hungover. And um, Siegfried kind of gives him, like— a grillin. Mm-hmm. He's asking Mrs. Hall all these, helps. Yes, she does. She, she's really nice. Yeah, she 
gets him some Alka-Seltzer, slides him some Alka-Seltzer and like, you know, um, but she knows Siegfried probably knows, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but he's not letting on that he knows. And he asks all these questions about like whether he got to know the townspeople and James is so confused. He's like, who? Even though he just (laughs) said he got to know the townspeople. Um, He's like, like, oh, yeah, yeah. So he's real slow on the uptake. He hasn't had any coffee yet. And he's, you know, he's still hungover from the night before. Um, So he he finally remembers what the one farmer was talking about with his pigs. He has a front and he told him, like, separate the rest of the pigs from the mother. And Siegfried's like, okay. And they move on with their day. So this is um, basically interview part two. They go to the Aldersons to see... Um, about a calf who I, who can't stand. I, mm-hmm. And um, Siegfried sends him off to find Mr. Alderson, and James gets cornered by the bull. Um, it looks real big. I would also climb a wall. He climbs a wall and uh, just waits it out, and this is when we actually get to meet Helen and see more of her personality. So Helen comes. She very casually tells James to hold the chicken, she goes and ties the bull up, <laughs> takes the chicken back, and then uh, James climbs down from the wall, and they go off to find the calf. And he, once again, Farnan is looking to James to completely diagnose this calf, um, choose a treatment plan, mm-hmm. and execute the treatment plan. <clears throat> so he does all this, but he doubts himself the whole time. Oh, yeah. And so, then almost puts the... The um, cast the on the wrong yeah. on the wrong way. Thank goodness for that. Helen being so nice. Yes, Helen knows he's just like super nervous, and so she's like other leg, mm-hmm. and so he puts the cast on the other leg. And as they're leaving, um, Helen basically says, "Listen, Siegfried seems like he's very difficult, but he's a good man at heart. Just stand up to him; he'll love you for it." And offers him some like good advice. Mm-hmm. We'll see later. I mean, it was good advice. So after that, they go back to the house, um, well, the vet office, and he is assisting Farnan with seeing all the domestic patients, the, the, the house patients, the mm-hmm. cats and the dogs. Cats, yeah. And um, he, Siegfried sends um, James off to fetch some cats. And this is when we find out, you notice this, Biff, <laughs> are very observant that uh, he brings the wrong cats back. Yeah, so, so he, I did I did notice that when he put well, I mean the camera really zoomed in when he put the cats away. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think that cat something, was there earlier when he put the cat away. Something's important. Something here. looked like a little fishy. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't look like the right cat, which was setting you up for, for this for incident. This this, <laughs> this um horrifying incident. So he James hands off a cat, a, a ginger cat, to um Farnan to be um castrated. That poor thing. <laughs> and that poor thing. And he brings this other black cat into um oh, I can't remember what her name was. Oh, Mrs. Dinsdale, I think was so he brings this cat in. She's picking up her cat from probably like a small procedure or whatever. Like, you know, a observation. And she goes, That's not my cat. And, and, yeah. and he goes, oh, okay. Goes back. And he takes the cat out and he kind of intercepts Mrs. Hall and she was like, well, don't you remember last night? And he, it sets in like, oh, my God, I put the cat in the wrong cage. So he goes back out and he grabs the other black cat, brings the other black cat in. And she goes, that's not my black, that's not my cat either. And he goes, oh, uh, well, 
can you, I don't know how he says it. Can you help me identify what your cat is? Remind (laughs) me what your cat looks like or like tell me more about your cat. And she's like, well, for starters, it's the wrong color. And that's when you just see James's face go, oh, no. So pale. Oh, no. And he realizes that he gave the wrong cat Mm -hmm. to Farnan. And this is the cat. So he goes in next door and says, Farnan, stop. It's the wrong cat. And Farnan's like, what do you mean it's the wrong cat? In bus, Mrs. Dinsdale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mrs. Dinsdale, Dinsdale busts in. She goes, you killed my cat because the cat's on the table. And um, Farnan goes, he's merely chloroformed. <laughs> just merely chloroformed. That's just, just chloroformed. Don't worry. That's fine. So at least the cat's not dead. This is good. And hasn't yeah. been castrated yet. So... Excellent news for that cat. Perfect timing. Um, and Farnan's just absolutely livid because Mrs. Dindisdale then outs James for being pie-eyed. Pie-eyed. <laughs> pie-eyed at the bar last night. And um, Farnan is basically like, nope, you're done. Pack your bags. And we see James goes up, packs his bag. He's, what was it Saying that Saying goodbye says? to Jess. Yeah, Jess is like by his side the whole time. I know. It looks like both of you are in the doghouse tonight. Yeah. <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> and Jess just loves him. Yeah, Jess follows him everywhere. Basically, mm-hmm. if, if Jess is in the scene, she's, be, she's beside James. So um, he packs up. He, he can't sleep that night. And one of the farmers from in town comes calling on them and says, my, my cow is having trouble with birth. Can you send someone? And Mrs. Hall says, we'll, we'll get someone out to your farm right away. And James comes down and intercepts her in the hall and says, no, listen, I can do this. Um, send me. Don't wake Farnan. I can do this. And she begrudgingly, but she goes, well, okay. And she puts her St. Nick out and sends him off. And he gets to the farm, and this poor cow has been in labor for hours, and the calf is, its jaw is stuck on her pelvis. pelvis. So James, I mean, he's got his arm all the way up. He's trying to hook. Very graphic. Yes. He's trying (laughs) to hook this calf's jaw so that you can get it over the pelvis so that this this cow can, like, birth her child. And... um, he tries and he fails and he keeps trying at one like right at the beginning you see him like grimacing in pain because the cow is having a contraction so interesting um and yeah so this cow is having so much and and James just keeps failing and failing but every time he fails the farmer's like so is that it and he's like no we try one more time mm-hmm. one more time one more time one more time for hours until finally he goes we can try one last thing and he, find, he he takes this rope and he makes like a little uh, loop at the end and he holds it in his hand and he goes up in the cow again. And he's working so hard trying to hook this jaw and he finally he's like, I got it. I got it. And so the farmer and him, the farmer applies gentle pressure to the, to the <laughs> yeah, rope. Yeah, they start pulling Very the gentle pres- pressure to the rope and the calf comes out. Everyone's happy. The cow's very happy. Mm-hmm. I, I love how they zoomed in on the cow's face, like, as it's, like, sliding out of her. And her eyes are just, like, big and Thank anxious. Thank you. Like, <laughs> finally. And uh, so I, this cow, the cow, you know, the baby's out. Everyone's happy. 
It but, was a great redemption arc for him. Yeah, like yeah, redeemed himself. Way to go, James. But Farnan isn't happy. Oh when no! When he wakes up in the morning and finds Mrs. Hall asleep in, I guess, the sitting room, uh, and finds out that she sent James by himself. So mm-hmm. Farnan is like, "What? What? What were you thinking? If this goes wrong, this is their livelihood, and all valid, all valid points. All made sense." So um, Mrs. Hall is understandably just concerned and Farnan goes off to the farm finds the happy farmer and a happy but tired James Mm -hmm. and he reams James out like for going out on his own for doing this for putting the farmer's livelihood at risk essentially and um he says you got lucky and like James just kind of snaps he hasn't slept he's so exhausted he just worked so hard to get this cow out successfully and he goes has anyone ever told you how insufferable you are? <laughs> and Siegfried's kind of taken aback, and he's like, well, no, not to my face. <laughs> and he pauses a little bit, and James looks like, well, definitely not getting my job back now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he goes, how much, Farnan says, how much sleep have you had? And he said, not, maybe an hour, not much. He goes, well, get used to it. And that's when James is redeemed. He's got his job back. Yep. And all all is well that ends well. Um, and we see James kind of driving off. And that's that's the end of the episode. Yeah, I loved it. It was such a great episode. I loved the whole theme behind it. Um, from the disappointment in the beginning to the birth of the new opportunity with the little calf right. being born. And it we, was great. It's kind of frame, but I, I guess it's important to point out that, like, James's mom wants him to take a job at the dock because jobs are hard to find by. So uh-huh. it's like a global recession right after... Well, right before the war, after the Great Depression. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it feels very much like um, a relatable story for millennials and young people. Like, you're graduating into a hard economy, trying to find work. Sometimes you do have to take the job that pays the bills. But he's just not quite ready yet. Sounds like what we're going through. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it feels very relatable. He's just starting out. He's nervous but optimistic because he's young and he's just excited to get started and start helping people with their animals and making a dent in the world, making it a better place. So, yeah, Yeah, it was awesome. I loved it. All right. Well, everyone, uh, I'd like to invite you to share your afterthoughts at postscript at WITF.org. That's P-O-S-T-S-C-R-I-P-T at W-I-T-F dot org. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we'll take a closer look at episode one. Support for All Creatures Great and Small on Masterpiece is made possible locally by Pleasant View Communities and UPMC. Welcome back to Postscripts, All Creatures Great and Small. So we're going to take a closer look at some of our favorite moments from episode one. So, Beth. Do you want to start us off? Yes, of course. So I am very, very stuck on that cow birth. <laughs> so um, probably very stuck. Yeah, very literally <laughs> stuck <laughs> like the calf. <laughs> so I just I couldn't not um, dive in and I couldn't not try to take that closer look and try to figure out about the cow birthing process and how similar it is to you know, humans, which surprisingly, it's very similar to humans. I don't know if you um, knew that, but a cow is... I did not. I know. I, I So I went, I went to the Google 
and I researched. <laughs> That's and where I go to the I go to the Google as well. You go to the Google. Yes. I mean, you have to go to the Google. <laughs> is there anything else? Oh, well, I guess there is, but it's just like Googling. Anyway, um, so I found from two different websites, uh, Countryside and moocall.com, which I love, absolutely love, shout out to moocall, um, about the birthing process. So from both of the websites, it pretty much told me that a cow was pregnant for nine months, so like an average of 283 days, Mm -hmm. similar to a human, all right, and there are different calving signs, which are similar to humans, you know, the (laughs) udders become swollen, milk is, you know, that's the milk, milk is in for the calf, um, They'll like, so cows will get restless, similar to females when they're in labor. (laughs) Just get it out of me. I know. (laughs) Get out. So the cow will start like nipping at her side. Right. Like, get out. Get out. (laughs) Trying to chew chew it out. (laughs) I tried jumping jacks to get my baby out. I too, but yeah. Did it work? Um, no. So... (laughs) So, uh, my first was 12 days late. Apparently he just was like, I'm chilling. I'm not going anywhere. No, absolutely zero signs of labor. I was not going. I had to be induced. There was no labor. And then on my induction day, I was in the backyard running around with the dogs, trying my best, like, (laughs) and jumping up and down and doing all the jumping jacks, like get out, get out. Right. No signs of labor. (laughs) None. Did Did you like, isn't spicy food supposed to like move them along? Or is that not true? Did you eat a lot of spicy food? I didn't eat work? a lot of spicy food. Okay. I, I have a very uh, sensitive, low okay. Okay. Low low sensitive palate, low, low tolerance <laughs> to spicy. Did you have any salsa? <laughs> um, I don't like salsa, okay. but I do like um, like avocados. And so like okay, I'll do guacamole, but that's... Okay. That's opposite I, of spicy. Yeah. I don't put spice in yeah, it. So fair. it's very... <laughs> and hummus, definitely not spicy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but anyway, so spicy didn't work for me. Okay. Hopefully it worked for other people didn't work for me but i also didn't try that hard um so anyway but then also cows will go and they'll try to hide like try to find like a quiet spot away from the herd and away from the other ones right makes sense i don't want to be around too many people when i'm in labor (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't want you to be near me (laughs) please stop touching me this is your fault (laughs) i I feel like i've said that Um, so yeah, so then, and then during contractions, which I found, um, so like we saw, right. we, saw his show, we saw James contracted and he yeah. was during a contraction and the cow was presented correctly. The cow was on her side okay. and legs straight out. So Saying, Please during get the it out of me, yeah, like, mm, like you're stuck, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, they're, so they're, they're likely to just lay on their side. So, and then the birthing process, similar to humans, you know, head first, they, they, they go hooves first. (laughs) So like, so they're like sliding down a sliding board face first. Yes. So hooves first, then the head and then their legs, like, like, I don't know, then the rest of the body just kind of like slides on out. You know, when, if you think of it, that's probably how the jaw got hooked. I mean, that seems like an awkward way. Like, yeah, if you're hooves first first. and you're a cow. Yeah. Feels like your head, like the head would be up. But. Yeah. We should definitely video this. This yeah, is great. This is, <laughs> I wish there was video. We're like putting our arms out and trying to show each other. Putting but you guys, can't, up. you can't see us. So <laughs> we'll have to video it. But yeah. So hooves first and then the head and then the rest of the body slides out. Okay. So I don't, I 
do not want children's hands first. I think that'll be very painful. I think that's why their head comes first. (laughs) But uh, for for calves, their hooves comes first. And then um, a little bit more I found out is that newborns should eat within two hours of being born. Um, And then most cows only have like one calf each pregnancy. It's not likely to have multiples. Although Which is good for the cow. Yes. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Good for everyone. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, but there are instances where I did did find online there were instances of like twins or even quadruplets in some cases, which seems insane. (laughs) Way too many for me. Just one at a time is great. So, yeah, that was... That was my closer look. It was really interesting. Can you imagine being a cow and not knowing that there's four little beings inside of you and you just keep pushing and they keep coming out? You probably feel like a clown car. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Like humans at least get some warning. Yeah. There's more than one sounds. I mean, I guess you could tell a cow, but do they really understand? (laughs) There's so many inside of you. I'm so sorry. How many are in there? I don't know. (laughs) I just be like. So surprised, like the not, like the cow not too worried about show it. with their eyes all oh wide. My gosh. Another like no, <laughs> no, just get it out of me. <laughs> Definitely said that in labor. So. <laughs> but yeah, that's my little close call. So that okay. or a closer look. So thank you for uh, yeah bringing yeah. that up. I feel like um, I don't know exactly what the process of cow birthing is, but it feels pretty authentic that he had to put his entire arm up. Mm-hmm. Um, so to help out. I mean, yeah, and. How did they film? I'm sure it was a fake cow. I had to But have can you imagine filming that? Your arm is just like shoulder deep in a hopefully fake cow. Like that's, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. The, let's just hopefully have a kudos for the acting. That was like that really was great. Great, I, great acting. I, it was so graphic and it looked so real. It looked like he was really <laughs> was getting like, his arm contracted on. <laughs> I know. I was very concerned for him. Like, are you okay? Is your arm going to break? Because... Like he's just it's like so she's tense. having a contraction. Yeah, he's it's like, uh, it hurts, it hurts. I'm like, yeah, it does hurt for her. <laughs> <laughs> We're not worried about you. <laughs> You'll be fine. Oh. So yeah. So what what did you what did you do a closer look on? Uh, so my closer look was on Saint Nicholas because as James leaves to go deal with the cow birth, um, Mrs. Hall puts out her Saint Nick statue. And she had mentioned St. Nick early in the episode when he first walks into the house and he almost knocks St. Nick off of the shelf, Um, which I wonder if that meant that Farnan was, uh, well, yeah, he came back. So maybe he was out on a call. Yeah. Because she said she puts it out for luck. Yeah. Essentially. Anyway. uh, Good good eye on that one. That's really, (laughs) I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I didn't, it just dawned on me now. Yeah. but anyway, so St. Nicholas is an interesting saint. So we all know him as Santa Claus. Of course. Um, he's famous for gift giving. Um, so the reason he's famous for gift giving, though, is that um, back when he was, I guess, a bishop, because it would have been before he died, which is required for sainthood, <laughs> um, he knew about a family whose father didn't have any money um, for dowries for his daughters. And he had three daughters. And so what happened to women in those days was that they would be basically sold into some form of slavery um, because they didn't have a dowry. So St. Nicholas did not want this to happen. And he would secretly in the night go by the house and throw a bag of gold through the window. And in the morning, the dad would wake up and he'd be like, what? There's gold here. And so he would he used the first bag 
as a dowry for his oldest daughter. And that was very, very kind. Right. I feel I had to suspend disbelief because I feel like (laughs) if you just found random gold in your house, would you be like, I must marry off my first daughter with this? But anyways, we'll give him benefit (laughs) of the doubt. He did this. And so St. Nicholas did this again uh, later for the second daughter. And the father did the same thing, said, wow, what a blessing, married off his second daughter. And then um, the father wanted to know who was doing this. So he stayed up all night and caught St. Nicholas in the act. And so that's how St. Nicholas became known for it. So the third bag, he married off his third daughter. And he saved these poor women from, like, probably sexual slavery, if we're being honest. So that was, uh, yeah, that was how St. Nicholas became Santa Claus, like, over the years. Oh, that's so cool. I never never knew any of that. I didn't. Yeah, thank you for that lesson. I really appreciate (laughs) it. Especially with Christmas right around the corner. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, get in the spirit. St. Nicholas, he saves the women. Uh, So he's also, like, patron saint of so many different people, pawnbrokers, um, like common thieves, reformed common like thieves and stuff like that. Um, sailors, because he saved us a ship from sinking um, because they were, he was traveling somewhere, maybe to Turkey or from Turkey, and they found rough waters and he just spoke a prayer and the waters calmed down. So yes, he's patron saint of sailors. Um Patron saint of everyone. Right. He's he's patron saint of a lot of people. And the thing is, is that because he's patron saint of so many people and children and women, he's kind of like everybody's patron saint. And there are 500, I think over 500 churches named for St. Nicholas in England. Just in England. Yeah, in England. Like if you pull... Wow. I'm going to out myself. I used some some Wikipedia for this. (laughs) Um, But if you pull up the Wikipedia page about him, uh, you can find, like, the list of churches named for him. And England is, like, the longest list. And it's not all of them, but it's the longest list by far. Wow. So apparently he's very, very popular in the UK. I don't know why. My research did not go down that rabbit hole. (laughs) But, yeah, 500 churches. So he's very, very common, which may explain why she has one like a statue of saint nick that she puts out for luck so yeah yeah, he's well loved and also like he helps everybody so he's kind of a patron saint of lost causes people who need help he's he's like right down mrs hall's alley because that's who that's what she is she doesn't give up on anybody no she doesn't give up on anybody she goes for those lost souls tries to help them out right like we saw in the episode he's just (laughs) he's just so young give him another chance absolutely not She implies that, well, she's given him so many chances. I know. Read, so. <laughs> he's a difficult man, but. He seems like he, it. With he, a big heart. Right. He's, he's but, got yeah. a good heart, but he's, yeah, he wants everybody to be just so. And Mrs. Hall doesn't give up on him, even though he's sometimes a jerk. <laughs> and I mean, I love Siegfried. Siegfried's like my kind of man. A little like, grumpy. He's a little grumpy. And little I love grumpy, grumpy men. Grumpy men are just the best. <laughs> Always need a little grumpy in your life. <laughs> and he's cute, too. He's a grumpy man, but he's super cute, and he has a heart of gold. Yeah. Perfect. I like Siegfried a lot. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's that was my closer look, St. Nicholas. Um, oh, and his feast day. So his feast day is actually before Christmas. And hmm. I jotted this down, so I thought I'd share. Uh, his feast day is December 6th. 
and um, people generally give gifts or or give to charity on his feast day to kind of honor his whole gift-giving dowry thing. And he saved children. That's right. He saved children who were butchered by a butcher who was going to sell them as pork during a famine. Oh, I my almost gosh. forgot about that. That's a big one, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The butcher butchered these kids and put them in brine. And he, um, St. Nick had a prophetic dream, woke up in a tizzy and said, I have to find these children. And he found the children and prayed, I guess, prayed to God to, like, put the children back together again. And they came back to life. And Thank God for St. Nick. Yeah. I think that was three children, too. So it seems to be three is his magic number. The power yeah. of third. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was my closer look. So do you have any, like, final thoughts or anything that you're super excited about? Um, I'm excited for episode two because I did see the little sneak peek 10-second thing. Yeah. So I think we're going to meet some new people, oh, and I'm pretty yeah. excited for that. Yeah, I'm excited to meet some new people. Yeah. And I'll I'm, just leave it at that because yeah. I can't remember the 10-second uh, outro <laughs> that's fine because you are re-watching right and then i'm watching for the first time so right. this is super fun um i love it i love chatting with you and i appreciate your time christina <laughs> <laughs> this is so much fun um i personally am super excited to see how the characters develop i'm excited to see what happens with because we got like a brief meet you with helen you know she's a pretty girl so you oh, know yeah. she's gonna be a she's gonna interest. be something and so i saw her on the poster coming. And uh, I love Mrs. Hall. Like, I want to know more and more about Mrs. Hall. Yeah. She's probably one of my top favorite characters, which is good because she is a main character. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think I like, I like Siegfried right now. Yeah. I mean, the grumpiness, definitely. Yeah, Um, there's something. I like, he's got, he's humorous. Yeah. Yeah. I like him. So I'm excited to see how that grows, see how James (laughs) does. Hopefully he doesn't mess up anymore. Too drastic like the cats. (laughs) Right. Right. I feel like that was a pretty big mistake. I think he got it out of the way. Yeah. I think that. Hopefully. 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 (laughs) You're making faces. So I'm like, could something happen? I'm not sure. We're just going to let this go. (laughs) But yeah. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for our first episode of Postscript. Yes, episode one was so fun to break down, and I can't wait to see what episode two has in store. This podcast was produced by Ali Amoros from WITF. I'm Beth Capello. And I'm Christina Zeiters. Share your afterthoughts with us at postscript at WITF.org, and we'll see you next time. See you later. Bye. We'd like to thank Pleasant View Communities and UPMC for supporting all creatures great and small on WITF. Thank you. Thank you.